Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, 23 and me and maybe someone else, we talk to Eve Sturges about DNA discoveries. Plus, Biz is on a roll. Woo! Woo woo This is a check-in. I feel great right now. I was just at the public library, and we ran into one of my daughter's friends from school. So she went off to go look at a book with this other girl, so I was sitting at a table coloring with this boy. After a little while, he looks at me and says, I like your style. Me? My style? Mine? Whew, I said, thanks. I like how you're wearing your hoodie backwards. And then we just kept on coloring. But, man, I don't have any style, and I just feel so cool right now because the six-year-old <laughs> he likes my style. Just shit, man. It's just so great. Anyways, everybody's doing a great job. I love you all. Bye. This was a delight. You know, when I first heard this message, I was a little confused when you said that your daughter went off with their friend and then you sat down up into the point where you said coloring. I thought you were sitting down with maybe the other parent and then coloring. And I was like, that's cool. And then... They said they liked like a little boy's. And I was like, where's this little boy? And now it all makes sense. One, you're doing an amazing job going to the library. I love libraries. They are the greatest place that America has to offer. All of us. I love fucking libraries. Two, I really appreciate that you just sat and continued coloring with another kid. This is great. And good job accepting the compliment. I just think that's great. You do have style. And there is no better tastemaker than a six-year-old boy. If you're going to get called out for great style, that's who you want to get called out by. I love everything about this check-in. You're doing an amazing job. Woo! Speaking of amazing jobs, it's time for thank yous. Okay, here we go. Thank you. Libraries, let's just start there. Libraries, you are not only a social hub, you are a hub for parents with young children. Never have I ever been so aware of how critical libraries were until they were taken from me because of the pandemic. My kids both learned how to sit and listen because of story time. And then when they got into preschool and elementary school, they already were kind of used to being in a, you have to sit and listen sometimes environment. And I didn't have to pay anything for that. I just went to the library, went to story time, and it was great. You are also an amazing place for adults. Do you like to puzzle? There's probably a table with a puzzle on it somewhere in your library. Our libraries, you know, they're humble and wonderful, and they put on food truck nights some nights, music nights. They support local artists. 
There's always somebody coming by and doing a reading. They probably have like a book club or like a murder book club or like a knitting club. You know, check out your local library. Thank you, librarians and all the people who work at libraries. And I'm just, I just got through doing the travel with the family for the spring break. And big thank you to people who work in the travel industry, whether you are shuttling us from car parking garages to getting the airplanes ready and clean for all of us to get on. I mean, like, look, we had a flight canceled because the mechanics had to come out and check the brakes. And yeah, the flight was canceled. But yeah, I'm glad I didn't get on a plane whose brakes weren't working. Yeah, that was a real pain in the ass. But that is separate from my appreciation and love for the people who made sure we didn't get on a fucked up plane. So thank you, all of you. Speaking of travel, yes, spring break is not something we've done in like two and a half years. <laughs> it's sort of like that moment where you realize your first grader has never been in a school, right, because of the pandemic, right? There's a good chance they just missed school and then suddenly were in it. Or my fifth grader suddenly became a seventh grader the next time they went. So we had to use some tickets, else we lost them. And luckily, the short time window they gave us to use it matched up with spring break. So as you may remember, I asked the kids, what do you guys want to do? And Ellis wanted to play mini golf. Raiden wanted to see mushrooms, and I'm always up for a good roadside attraction, and so the obvious choice was Oregon. So we flew up to Portland, spent a few days there, drove down to Eugene, Oregon, spent a few days there, and then drove back. And let me tell you, we played mini golf every day. We landed in Portland around 11.30, and by 2.30, we were playing in an indoor, pirate-themed, glow-in-the-dark mini-golf setup. And that was something. A couple of things we learned. Pirate-themed, glow-in-the-dark mini-golf is more popular than you would think. We came upon that again at a little pizza parlor called Pietro's. <laughs> on the way, on the way down to Eugene that had an indoor, pirate-themed glow in the dark. I will say the best ones were the outdoor ones. We did it all. We also went on several hikes and saw so many mushrooms, so very many mushrooms. We took lots of pictures of mushrooms because Raiden is very in to mushrooms right now. We also went and saw the giant Paul Bunyan statue in which I sat on his boot. We also <laughs> drove a little bit out of the way to an abbey that has a little museum that stores a variety of interesting historical artifacts, including the world's largest pig hairball. And I got to tell you, I think I was expecting something at least the size of a head. It's a little smaller than a baseball, which is still a sizable pig hairball that the pig made in their intestines. I don't even know how that thing got out of there. But we saw it. <laughs> Bucket list. Check. And I can say everybody did such a remark. I mean, the last time we went on a vacation and got on a plane, Ellis was like five or six. 
just getting to that place where they are like willing to watch a screen the entire time, you know? Raiden was like Ellis's age. That's so weird. And so they were all like old enough to kind of be out in the world and be slightly reasonable humans. It was a success. So there you go. Everybody was really reasonable. It was fun. We all did stuff that we enjoyed. Nothing could have made Stefan and I prouder than two kids who wanted to go play mini golf and hit roadside attractions and look for mushrooms. It was sort of like we clearly finally built the things we were trying to build, which I think ties in nicely <laughs> to talking about DNA discoveries and what we may think we know about ourselves and what we might discover we know very little about. As we talk with our guest, Eve Sturges, of the podcast, Everything's Relative. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Eve Sturges, who is a licensed therapist here in Los Angeles. She's been podcasting her show, Everything's Relative, since 2019, when a man changed her whole life with a single phone call. Eve also has a new process journal called, Who Even Am I Anymore? And it is now available on Amazon for anyone with a surprise DNA discovery. <laughs> Welcome, Eve. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting and fun to be here. It's very exciting and fun to see you. Yeah, I just drank a cup of coffee really fast. Yeah. I have a second one going right now. Oh. Toddler sleep regression be damned. Oh, fuck that shit. Oh, yeah. Sleep regression. Yeah. You want to go? Let's just talk about that. I'm like, <laughs> we've got many shows in the past where I'm like, I call bullshit. <laughs> because I think my children are just people who sometimes choose to sleep. And sometimes choose to fuck with me. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're just assholes yeah. who wake up early. I never yeah. know what to say when people yeah. tell me their children are having sleep regressions. Like, and I'm like, well, uh, okay, how do you know? What is that a yeah, diagnosis? How do you know? Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> like, what it's, is that? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's part of my like favorite lie I've told myself forever. That's like, I think we're about to turn a corner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we're turning a corner. <laughs> this is probably the last one. Yeah, this is it. This, it's mm -hmm. all different now. It's all mm -hmm. different. We figured mm -hmm. it out, and I did it, so it was great. Well, that was fun to derail on that. Eve, who lives in your house? Who lives I, in my house? Clearly um, a toddler. <laughs> yes, there's clearly a toddler who sometimes wakes up in the morning a little bit early, like 4.45. Okay, I, had to, I, I have. Yes. I do know this, I promise. Okay. You're I not have. looking at your phone. No, no, no. I'm looking at a piece of paper, which also doesn't have anything written on it. It's just like, it's just a point of focus. <laughs> Total idiot. Uh, okay. I have Margot Honey, who is two years old. Okay. That is a great name. Thank you. Is that the dog? No. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I have a cat named Steve, so you never know. You never know. It's a fair, I think it's a fair question. Especially. It is a good name for a person mm -hmm. or a pet. Yeah, or, or yeah, a college band. Oh yeah, somebody right? that plays, somebody that 
definitely welcome. plays in Nashville. Yeah, welcome to the stage, Margot Honey. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a human baby. Okay. Uh, she's two. She's two years old. <laughs> she she lives with us. Yeah. And she wakes she wakes up whenever she wants to. Oh, like a person. Yeah, like her own agency. Yeah. And I have her older brother is named Dallas, and he is six years old. Nice. Thank you for identifying, clarifying the species going into the second one. All right, good. Good. And then there is a third and oldest child. Mm-hmm. Her name is Lily Claire, and she is fucking almost 19 years old. And then I also have a dog. He has uh he has four legs. He walks on four legs. That's what I was gonna say. He's a four-legged creature. I don't know. I cruise the Humane Society pictures all the time. They can walk on lots of different things. So totally. you know. Yeah. And that dog is uh named Captain Johnny Cash. Okay. I want to talk to you about I mean one does not probably start off thinking, I'd like to have a podcast one day where I talk about very impactful, I like to say a little DNA discovery. And you are, I looked, you and I have similar backgrounds. I was a theater major, women's studies minor. You're a theater major, social justice major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we both obviously went on to do other things. Right. Right. <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah. What is the, what is that? What's yeah, it a Venn no. diagram? A Venn yeah. diagram? What yeah. is that? Just, What's in the right, middle there? My huh. vagina's just yelling at an audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just for everybody who's not familiar, talk to us about this man who called you and changed your life. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so here's what, here's what, here's what happened. Here's, okay. here's what happened. I was going along my merry way on a regular old day. It was a Thursday. Yep. And I went to work and then my husband sent me a screenshot and the screenshot was of a Facebook message and the Facebook message was from a man and the man said, hello, I really need to talk to you about your wife. And then it had some like um, Ew. I know, I know, I know. And then and then um and then it had like personal biographical information about me and my family that nobody would know. And so like the fact that you can do like a triple tongue or like lick your elbow or something. Right. Totally. Okay. Exactly. All right. <laughs> like is she double jointed? Yeah. It was yeah, it was it was Compared to licking my elbow, it was yeah. very mundane information, but it but was still. stuff that like nobody would know. So I said, "Yeah, I guess call him. I guess call that guy." And oh. I never, I, <laughs> and so, so my husband did, and I went on with my day, and and then my husband called me and called me and called me and called me while I was in a meeting, and I kept ignoring it. Yeah, because it's not appropriate to answer your phone in a meeting. No, and then no. I find. <laughs> Unless you're a woman and you're expected to just drop what you're doing and take it. Well, I finally said, I'm sorry. I need to step away. And as I have mentioned, it was my husband. Husband. I was like, what's up, Kaylin? And he's like, so everything's totally fine. I'm just going to come pick you up. (laughs) I'm like, who's dead? Who's dead? Yeah. 
So cut Everything's to- Everything's fine. I've got to come pick you up. This is something like, this is a communication thing that I'm pretty sure we're in our vows, where I was <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to never call and say that. Yeah, <laughs> never start. Yeah, never, <laughs> never start, start it. with that. And in his defense, I knew it was about that phone call. I well, didn't sure. think, my imagination did not expand beyond, okay. you know, any other scary ideas. Um, so, so it turns out that that man called to tell my husband that- he believed that he is my real father. And that doesn't make any sense because my parents are high school sweethearts and are still together. They've been married 45 years. This doesn't track at all. Yeah. And he said, well, I had an affair with Eve's mom in the late 70s. So, and then he had, you know, other other parts (sighs) of the story that made it all sound possible. Huh. Um, Yeah. So so that was that was that was that day. So okay, actually, this is a question that I have. Mm-hmm. So your husband comes and picks you up. Mm-hmm. Does he tell you the moment you're in the car, or does he like drive you? So it's like, okay, I'm picking you up, and then we're gonna drive home. Then I'm gonna tell you, right? Like, I I, I honestly am like, it was very specific to call and say I'm coming to get you. Everything's fine. So then. He, he told me right away. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, no. he told me right away. Right. He told good, me right good, away. Good. We didn't. <laughs> and uh, and maybe the kids were home with the babysitter. He did some. Yeah. My husband was was great that day. He really yeah. like handled handled it. Like told the like got somebody to take care of the kids. Maybe canceled the rest of his day. Good. Came and got me. That's actually really good. Yeah. Told me yeah. and and then and it was this odd thing where it was like so what should we do and. My phone had this massive crack in it. So like uh-huh. the very first thing that we needed to do that I had to do that day was that I needed a new phone. <laughs> and so <laughs> he was like, so what do we do? And I was like, I need a new phone. Yeah. Now I is, need a new phone. Yeah. This is within my control. <laughs> yeah. And however we move forward, I'm going to need a phone. Yeah. So we like walked into a Sprint store, right? You know, it was, it was just yeah. like t- everything <laughs> – yeah, just the strangest, yeah. strangest mundane series of events. Oh, yeah. Because it was like, then should we – I should eat. Okay. Yeah. And like okay. right there was a Barney's Beanery, which is yeah. this like L.A. Yeah. party karaoke place with – it's like a chain dive bar. It's no, like because for- there's one in Pasadena. Yeah. That, yeah. that was that- the one. Yeah, I was wondering was, if it was the one. Was the one. Yeah, because I know it does karaoke. Anyway, that's amazing. Okay, yeah, it's like so a now branded I feel like I'm in the car. Bar. Feel like I'm in the car with you now. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so he, yeah. So he, no, my husband was was really fantastic about it. He's a righteous dude. And so, what did you do? Did you call your mother first? Did you call your this guy first? Did you call like? Did you call? Did you have siblings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, did you call yeah, yeah. Them? Got a whole got a whole handful of siblings. Um, yeah, no, and a lot of people ask that, like, did you call your mom first? And a lot of people yeah. do do that. I've discovered. Well, yeah, uh, no, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, so no, I was. Um, I don't remember who was my first contact. Maybe like my, I've had the best, the same best friend since yeah. seventh grade. So I think yeah. I probably um, talked to her. Or this guy at the Sprint store. Yeah, the guy at the Sprint <laughs> store, our waitress at Barney's Beanery. Right, and, <laughs> and then my best friend. Then my best friend. And no, I was really worried about my mom. I was really worried about yeah. her. You know, it's it's sort of sort of a hard t- story to tell to protect her, but also 
Yeah. It's my, there's also parts of it that are my story to tell, but I was very worried about her. So I actually contacted somebody else that I thought if anybody else knows, yeah, this person will know. And then I was extra worried about my dad, yeah. the man who raised me, because I wasn't sure if he knew. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah, there's no uncomplicated way to go yeah. around these these reveals. But before I contacted any of, of the those people, the important people, we did do a DNA test. Oh, okay. With the man. Yeah. So the first thing wow. we did was find find a quick, quick Google to a like paternity test lab mail-in system. And he was correct. Wow. Yeah, he was correct. Came back 90, 99.99999. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eh, okay. Uh, these are pointless questions. I'm like, I know. Okay, I so- already know like what they all – I mean, ask them because they're everybody has well, to. <laughs> well, my it. pointless one is do you – did he look up your mom first or did he look – like, I'm like, he reached out oh, to your husband. husband. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we can the- go in so many yeah, directions. I know. So many all directions. Of- there was, you know – Okay. It's like a bottle of wine kind of conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, I know. Be, uh, I mean, he, yeah, <laughs> I bet you've had a few bottles of wine with this discussion. Uh, you know, what is he? Is he right or left handed? Does he, is he, did yeah. you ever meet him? Whatever. Okay. So, so because of my, I, I've been a writer for a long time. Yeah. And so a lot of my work is, is out there on the internet. A lot of personal essays. Mm. I'm on Facebook. I produced a, a like comedy show, storytelling show in LA for a for a hot second. <laughs> so so there's information about me out there, and it turns out that that actually he had been watching, watching. me. Yeah, without <laughs> I don't know how to say it without sounding crazy, but it's like he had been following me, watching me for a very long time. So ah. according to him, yes, he felt like he had expected me to figure this all out. A long time ago. And huh. everybody, because lots of people knew about it, were... Uh, oh, so it turns out lots of people knew? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. It tu- and and everybody was just so surprised that I had not reached out yet. And so he had got... By he- everybody? Do we mean like a Facebook group? Do we mean like... <laughs> do we mean your family? Do Fan we mean club. all the friends? I think yeah. there were family friends. Okay. Not family friends that were in regular contact with my sure. family, but blah, blah. yeah, high school pe- sweethearts, pe- yes, style. and people yeah. that had been in that circle, yeah, around that time, he had stayed in communication with and in touch with. So okay, so they had all been waiting, and then he has a large number of children who are now my siblings. Okay, they had known always, and so they had all been watching and waiting for this. So there you are. Yes, you have. Just received this call, and many things have happened after that in terms of confirming paternity. Turns out everybody was surprised you hadn't figured it out. Yeah. That's always probably makes you feel great. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, see, and I'm sure because you've been doing this podcast where you are talking to other people who are having shared experiences, and because you've written about it, and people have responded probably reached out and said things to you how common is that where somebody says i can't believe you didn't figure this out yet have you discovered that that's a common thing yet and 
How is that helpful? Like to me, that just feels like a <laughs> like a package of things to sort out with my therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. am I? Are they suggesting I'm an idiot? Or should I have known? Or wait a second, all these people knew and they never told me. Like, I mean, there's like it's a sandwich of questions, is what it is. So, is that normal? I would say I don't think that's anyone has ever asked me that. Oh, I, um, you're welcome. And so good question. Good Thank question, you. Biz. Of all the questions that people ask yeah. me, no one has asked me that. And so far, I think the answer is no. People don't mm. say that very often. Okay. Good. Good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you, yay, good. So how did you go from there to now hosting a podcast? And pers- I mean, you're a therapist, which does not in any way mean you are able to provide therapy for yourself, right? It's like, it's like you're a parent, so you can answer all parenting questions, right? right. Like, right. But you probably had a few tools mm-hmm. and hey, you could identify when something was going off the rails. So take me from the confirmation to doing the podcast. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. somewhere in there, somewhere yeah. after the confirmation, I stumbled upon a couple articles about people that this has happened to. And and that led to a couple links. And one thing led to another. And I discovered thousands of us. I just discovered that it's happening all the time. And mostly it's happening more than ever because of 23andMe yeah. and Ancestry.com. So I found this this whole community of people. And they're forming Facebook groups and trying to get together and support and commiserate one another in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. And so simultaneously, I just couldn't get out of my head this concept that people were making these decisions, parents were making decisions for their babies. Yeah. Without knowing what it's like when they become adults, I guess would be the way I would describe it. Like I just couldn't yeah. get maybe that's an empathy tool for me is that I can understand being 22. And also, by the way, the internet and Facebook has not been invented yet. Yeah. And so you just think like, no problem. Like, we'll do this thing. This is the best choice. And we'll never talk about it again. But now (laughs) there's this like massive pool of people. Yeah. But even if there was not a massive pool of people, that question is still your question to have, right? Like, even if you found this out, without there being an internet, the question, regardless of social media or whatever's available to people, is still the same. What and why does somebody make that decision for someone else, right? I mean, which is the hallmark of all parenting, almost everything on some level, right? Because thanks to my old co-host, Teresa, the hardest thing I ever had to learn from her was this notion of you make the best decision you can when you're making it, right? Right. The question of a parent making a choice, like not telling them that they have a different parent, right? Or this happens with people who are adopted. We're not telling our children they're adopted. We're not telling, okay, those are the only two scenarios. Well, donor conception. Donor Donor conception conception, is huge. That's a huge, that's also a, 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 there's this like subset of these populations of like, there's this adoption community where this happens all the time. Donor conception is where it happens all the time. And then. 
and then surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Or surprise for one person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much for apparently everybody else in your community. Right. So you said, I wanted to know why, right? Like this is the question you're pursuing, correct? Like this was something that kind of drove you. So my goals were threefold, I think. Sure. One was to understand why these decisions were being made, Mm -hmm. especially since this is the first time in history we have this large and growing population of people to speak to it. Yeah. Even though we've, this has been gone on since the beginning of time. Beginning of time. (laughs) Someone actually said to me the other day on the podcast, she said that Moses was an NP. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I didn't know that one. I. There was a lot of baguetting. Yeah, right? So, yeah. Beginning of time. So, one was that. Two was that I wanted anybody who might possibly be faced with that decision to think about the consequences. And so, and not in a punitive way, but here's this, I just happen to have a catalog of the consequences. Here you go. Like, here's what happens as adults when they make this discovery later. That one, for sure, I have never had confirmation that I have achieved that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm already thinking of another question to derail us. I'm like, how many pregnant women listen to your podcast who are debating what to do? Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. That one is maybe was a far-fetched goal. And then third was that I wanted people like me to know they were not alone. Right. It is an incredibly isolating experience. Like many traumas or, other, you know, shocking incidents, it can feel – Yeah incredibly isolating. And it was so comforting and healing for me to connect with other people. I wanted, I really wanted that. So in terms of the question of what happens when you make the choice to not tell and the results of that to the person you didn't tell, and I'm going to use you as an example, because I cannot speak to anybody else right now. Sure. Um, I'm, right he- I'm right here, ready. Yeah. You're like literally in I'm front like of ready me. Ready to be in, an example. Yeah. Ready to be an example. So you find out, and everybody else clearly knows but you. And what were the results? What were, I mean, were they all negative that you had to work through? I mean, were you really pissed that no one told you? Could you understand why your mom didn't want to tell you? Was there all of the above? Yeah, D, all of the above. It was a trip, man. Yeah. Um, it was, it's a total mind-blowing mind fuck. It's just a mind yeah. fuck. That's like the yeah. best way. And and especially now I know that like everyone goes through it. It's a kind of existential trauma. Identity becomes something, whether you ever thought about it or not, becomes suddenly this incredibly important question. It also erased, removed, changed, destroyed everything I thought about my parents, who they were as people. Who It changed so much that about what I knew about my childhood. It brought up memories, the phenomenon of how much your brain is actually storing and just this the strange, the tiniest little memories and offhanded comments and a whisper or a look or something through over time. Sorry, I'm giggling because I'm thinking of like, like you being like, I love mud. And you're like covering yourself and everybody else in the family's like, 
sipping tea. Totally. With, like, they're <laughs> pinky. Oh, no. And everybody's like, oh, well, that's because. Right? Like, you right. Know. I mean, it's not <laughs> unlike that. It's not unlike that. You're, you, I mean, it's, that's a. That is a hilarious really example. Hilarious but it's not yes, example. Like that. It's <laughs> people across the board, people that have this experience talk about feeling out of place their whole life. And But so did you feel out of place? So here's my answer to that. Yeah. Yes, I did, but not so much that I didn't think I just wasn't like a little bit more punk rock right. than my family. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, yeah, you know, right. like when I yeah. think about the like yeah. the cool kids I was hanging out with yeah. that were like different, like we're, oh, we're yeah. proud to be different. <laughs> there were so many of us. I'm sure we yeah. weren't all discovering that we were this odd child out, you know, now as adults. <laughs> Although if you were, if you went to Petaluma Junior High, Maybe. 1992 to 1994, yeah. and we hung out, <laughs> there's a good let chance. me know if you found out later that you weren't one of your parents or, or, your parents. or if you knew. About right. if you knew <laughs> if you knew about Eve if you knew at that time it was about Eve anyway go, all right so okay when you found this out and I'm so sorry if I'm just getting way weirdly invasive do it I mean the, I mean the whole concept is yeah, invasive right it is, it is like it is the whole thing <laughs> is that we're actually we're talking about like sperm yeah. so two two we're gonna come back to invasive. We will wrap up on invasive. But before we get to that fun topic, when you got the call the first time, did you already have kids in your house? Yes. I had my oldest and Mm -hmm. I had Dallas, my six-year-old who was then two years old. Two. Yeah. Okay. So I know that for me, I had a lot of, before kids were in my house, thoughts <laughs> mm, mm. I I really knew a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just about everything. And then I had them, and I just got broken <laughs> a lot of different ways. <laughs> Finding that kind of information out about your own parents, about your own mom and dad, and all that. I mean, what was the impact on your process? Being a parent also. Also an excellent question. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's interesting. I, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Other, th- I mean, I don't know. I, f- I don't know that I ever thought of it as like, I'm a parent and so I understand it like this. But I just right. really felt, I felt very connected to understanding what it's like to, to be pregnant. Yeah. So, so I actually had a baby very young, yeah. not married, mm-hmm. and with lots of complicated things happening. And so it was very interesting to think about my mom in that position at the same age. Would it have been helpful to know at that age? Yes, I mean, I feel that like was one me, of the things. The yes, one. it would have. That's that's, that's a point of contention right for there. us. Yeah, that's one yeah. of the points of contention where that was one of the things I just couldn't believe that they that watched you- me endure this situation yeah. as a young person. Yeah, because it'd be different. I mean, I get not different. I mean, everything's mm-hmm. fucking different, right? And we all carry on our own baggage around that we don't want to open. But that situation is so unique. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely can empathize with that being maybe a little resentful. Right there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if I've ever been able to really articulate it 
to my mom as well as I just did or we just did together because I get so upset. It's very hard for me to explain why that particular thing. And she says in in her own defense, she says that she was so triggered. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And that she sort of shut down. And so I took it as disapproval. I thought she was being mad at – she was mad at me and ashamed of me and annoyed with this whole situation. And she says she was so triggered by all this whole secret that was now back in her face or the experience was back in her face that she she was shut down. So doesn't it suck being an adult and having to like hear those things and understand that they're adults – and yeah. then simultaneously having your own kids that are going to be adults. Like, oh. like I do wish plenty of people probably do walk through the world like this. But like, <laughs> but not us theater major social justice women's studies minor not the, people. Yeah, not not, those not this special. Such open minds. Oh, yeah. With really, mine was at a medical university. So, Brilliant. You know, stellar. <laughs> but that real is like having to juggle all of those Oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It was triggering for you and you didn't want to share anything. But I was a child, not a, but I can also understand why that was doing that to me. And now, ah, what am I going to do yeah. with my cat? Like, yeah. And suddenly like, oh, should I turn around and tell my daughter everything? Right now, like right every now, piece everything. of the experience from every part of my perspective right now so that she right. never wonders. Yeah. 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 Well, that's fun. So you are sharing this and it's still recent. Mm-hmm. And you, you've taken this on for the reasons you've listed to have this podcast. You've come out with this workbook to help people work through these discoveries. And, but it is invasive. I mean, we, I just asked you a bunch of questions that are deeply personal. And, and that's, that's like another layer to your emotional sandwich that you're choking down right now. So, What's that process been like for you? And do you think also part of doing the show is to hear others to kind of help you navigate it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do it I do it as much for me as I do it for anybody yeah. else for for sure. And I have there's like a, this there's a very specific like unique experience I am having when I'm in each podcast session with people yeah. and it's something that only happens then. And and when I'm in it, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is why I do this. This is like, this is why I do this. Yeah, it has made me think about how we, as a society, think about sex and relationships and marriage and religion and and morality and society (laughs) and women and women (laughs) so much. I bet I already thought that I thought a lot about those things, but now I am like immersed in it all the time in my head. So that has been a constantly sort of shifting concept. And so for us to heal, we got to talk about these, this, all these concepts. And therefore there needs to be a huge shift way bigger than me. And so I do talk about that and think about that a lot. Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, have you, what's the response been? It has been totally fantastic, mm-hmm. and especially because it's almost – the podcast is almost completely 
like self-perpetuating with people. I mean, oh, I bet. People contact me and ask yeah. to be on it. And so I it's bet. just like I've got a list, you know, like my is, – is very long of people to get to. People want to tell their stories and they fe- it feels good to tell their stories and yeah. and it feels good to me to hear their stories. So for, so from that, I get lots of emails or messages of just thanks and yeah. this is what happened to me and different various parts. Of, and I get lots of questions and I'm so happy to help field people into the right direction of resources that they need. I help them connect with therapists or I help them find the right support group or just answer sort of questions from all the things I've learned now. So in that way, it's been really great. I get some complaints about my <laughs> politics. Mm. They wish that I would just not do that. Oh, share your <laughs> share your opinion on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They, they had to stop listening. Um, uh, well, that's their choice <laughs> is to their do option. it. Yeah. They get to stop. <laughs> you did not ring their doorbell, right? Yeah, I get complaints about politics, and then some people are not ready to hear someone talk about these things lightheartedly. Yeah. And and yeah. I get that. I totally get that. There's lots of podcasts that are exploring yeah. this issue or or there's a handful of us and some of them come from a a place that might be better if you're really f- raw and fresh in your trauma that there's yes. other places. And I don't I'm not always laughing. I'm not making no, jokes when they're not appropriate. It, it it makes sense. I mean, I think we used to say if you, if you've just had a kid, you don't listen to this show. No. Because no, no. it's so weird and yeah. it's not going to be funny, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you need at least one poop in the tub before you listen because, <laughs> you know, otherwise it just sounds like we're miserable people. But I, I, I definitely think there's always space for approaching difficult conversations like this with humor. And yeah. I think it, it can keep you on course and sane. And some of my my best mistakes have come through humor and because I think it allows a little additional forgiveness there, right? If you're not just beating yourself up all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much there and there's there's so much like humanity in laughter and absurdity, right? And and that these stories ask for so much humanity and understanding in, in the decisions, absurd decisions that people make when they're young or whatever. Well, yeah. And a lot of times the decisions are, I mean, I, I'm sure you are discovering that there's no one way <laughs> to find yourself in a position to make that choice. And I am, I'm just going to guess that that is true. And I think, as you say, the politics, the cultural systems that are ingrained in us about virginity, about childbirth, about roles as mothers or fathers or what ruins one person's chance for a great life versus being a blessing. I mean, you know, like we just have all this language that is so loaded. I appreciate you putting it out there, raw and true and honest, all of it, because I think like you said, I, you know, we should rename the show. Talk about it already. Yeah, so much. I mean, that, oh my gosh, yeah. And part of this is all just kind of accidental. It just happens yeah. to be that, like, I don't know how to be anything except myself. Right. And so so here we are. Yeah. Like, this is how I, t- I yeah. needed to talk about this. Yeah. 
and, and but it's you have to handle you have to deal with me. <laughs> and so, like, I guess like I ta da. Um, I didn't put it together thinking, and then we'll laugh about it. No, no. Well, I enjoy dealing with you. Oh, I'm having a great time. Let's we, never stop. Let's never <laughs> stop. Never stop. Game has to slumber party. Marathon episode. Marathon, Marathon episode. If <laughs> I so appreciate you coming on and talking to me about this and letting me ask you deeply personal questions, some of which will make it onto the show, and sorry, everybody, some of which I'll take to my grave, <laughs> which is my next podcast, All the Things Biz Took to Her Grave. <laughs> oh my gosh, compilation episode. Oh, we're going to make sure that everyone can not only find out more about Eve's podcast, Everything's Relative, but on that website, they have some wonderful links to resources, not only all the books of the people that she has spoken to or referenced, as well as a list of resources that are helpful, including this new workbook that she now has out that will be incredibly helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eve. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by HelloFresh. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, which is why it's America's number one meal kit. Guys, I we just went on a trip, which we have not done in a very long time. And I had it set up where HelloFresh is going to be delivering when we got back. So I didn't have to stress out about having to get to the store while dealing with the unpacking and emotional unpacking that happens. HelloFresh has completely saved my time coming home from a trip. It has also saved me on those weeks where there's just too much going on with the kids and mine and Stefan's lives. <laughs> you know, Wednesday. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BadMother16 and use code BadMother16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash BadMother16 and code BadMother16. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove. Did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled, no matter how much we put in our recycling bin? That's depressing. At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good. Here, here! This is something we've talked about on the show before. How do we eliminate single-use products and just make better environmentally friendly choices, especially once kids get into our house? It is very easy to go down all the different rabbit holes on the internet trying to find well-researched, thoughtful, environmentally friendly, cruelty-free products. But you can just go to Grove and they've done that all for you with excellent reviews and excellent ratings. Go to grove.com slash badmother today to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and free. 
Get started right now at grove.com slash badmother. Grove.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Genius, mate. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So, the last day of our vacation trip. I love that I'm calling it vacation, guys. This is such a not, it was not that per se from this perspective. But it was whatever. Not what, you all know what I mean. The last day, we get to the airport, we're all settled in, ready to get on our flight, it's canceled, we're now going to be at the airport like five more hours, and then we're going to be doing lots of like late night hopping flight, I mean, it's not good news, (laughs) okay? And everybody, like I said, had been doing really well. Like everybody, the whining starts, and like, my genius simply was, I said... Everybody is allowed to complain from right here where we are at this gate until we reach the Starbucks, which was like maybe five or six gates down the terminal. And I said, you could do whatever you want to. So they did. We and They complained. We complained. I hate complaining. Complaining makes me want to complain. It makes me feel like I can't control things. I, oh, when you complain, it's like, ah! And we did it. And we got to Starbucks and we stopped. So there you go. They got to do it. But they knew there was going to be a cap to it. A little complaining cap. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I am calling with a genius. I said yes. I said yes when my in-laws offered to take my two-and-a-half-year-old for the weekend and have a sleepover at Grandma and Grandpa's. So right now, I am about to pick up food from my favorite food place. My husband's at an interview for the next few hours, and I get to sit home eat my delicious food, and watch some trash TV. Maybe I'll even take a bath with some wine. Mm. It doesn't matter what I do. I can choose because you know what? Today, I am a self. Might not be tomorrow or the next day, but at least today, I am a self, and I get to do whatever the hell I want to. Y'all are doing a great job. Thank you so much for the show. It has been a godsend for the entire time I have been a parent. Uh, have a good day. Oh, my God. You are a genius. Saying yes. Saying yes. Why this is a genius is it's really hard to do. It's not easy. and We all think it's really going to be easy. We all think, well, when I have kids, the moment somebody wants to take those children, they can have them. But it's not always that easy. <laughs> it's not. It's very complicated sometimes. And so saying yes is so good. It is such a genius. And I think you are doing an amazing job. Really good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Okay. Ellis doesn't eat a lot of stuff. Not for dietary restrictions, just because he's picky Picky, picky, picky. And 
we sort of forgot about that, you know, because we haven't gone anywhere in two and a half years. And when you are traveling, you tend to have to eat out because we didn't do Airbnbs this time. We weren't in one place long enough to do an Airbnb where we would have gotten groceries. So we were kind of smart enough. Stefan walked over to the Trader Joe's, which wasn't necessarily close, but it was a nice walk, to get some things for Ellis. Some crackers, some yogurt that we know they like, and some bananas, and some, like, Trader Joe-O's. None of these things are, like, dinner. I mean, they are, and they were. (laughs) But it wasn't until, like, the last day we were going to visit some friends, and they were like, what would Ellis like to eat? And I was like, do you have peanut butter and jelly? And then Stefan and I were like, why the hell did we not, like, even bring peanut butter and jelly? Why did we not get, this is all Ellis eats. Why did we not have that for lunch? That kid lived on French fries and cucumbers. That is what that kid ate out at restaurants. Places in Oregon apparently don't sell plain pasta. I'm not sure why. Every place we went, no pasta. Anywho, we forgot what our kid ate anywhere. So that that made it a little frustrating. This is a laundry fail. So laundry shark, just trying to (laughs) always be doing laundry. I'm running in and out of the laundry room between meetings and I've got a load in the dryer, load in the washer, load that needs to go in. Like, okay, pull my stuff out, load up the washer, walk away. And like 20 minutes later, the washer starts making this horrible beeping alarm noise that I've never mm. heard before out of the washer. So I get off my call, go and check. I, I, I just forgot a step. I took my clothes out of the washer, out of the dryer, put them in the bin. And then I put the new clothes into the washer, but I never removed the old clothes. I just put two giant, like, heavy <laughs> comforters in on top of a full load of completely washed laundry, turned it on and walked away. So I had to, like, take these comforters out. They were, like, sopping wet and dripping, like, two hands, pulling them out of the top load washer, trying to wring them out. Water's dripping everywhere. I've got nowhere to put them but a laundry basket, which has holes in it. So there's water all over my floor. And just I can't believe that I just, just missed the step. I don't know. I'm tired, y'all. But I'm still doing a good job, and the laundry yes. will get washed probably eventually. Right? Right. Laundry shark! I love laundry shark. I just, I miss shark parenting because that is all we're doing. But I, yeah. Yes. Yes. There. My friend, you are doing a horrible job at laundry. In fact, I feel like I should call somebody, notify them that we have got a parent doing a horrible job at laundry. They are forgetting really obvious things like taking wet clothes out, putting them in dryers. (gasps) They are going to kick you out of the PGA. You are going to get your mom shark laundry card taken away. You're no longer a laundry shark. You're doing a... Horrible, horrible job with laundry. Oh, I hope you didn't sleep all week. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you.
Were you a reader as a kid? Like maybe you read a lot of fantasy novels. Or horse girl books, we know how it is. But now you're an adult and you miss reading. You're so busy and you can't figure out how to get back into books. We're Reading Glasses and we're here to help. Yeah, we'll give you advice to figure out what books you love or learn to stop reading books you don't even like. We're really big proponents of dumping that book. Dump that book. But most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. <laughs> well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. <laughs> <laughs> can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely so. you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! All right, everybody, let's settle in and let's let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Wonder Mother. I'm calling with a rant. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Why do I have to be in charge of every fucking person's emotions? I have a five and a half year old. I have a almost four year old and I have... Somehow, a very happy baby who is <laughs> 10 months old. And then I have a spouse who is unemployed to a layoff. And I feel like I have to not only manage all of the huge emotions of the fucking kids mm. and toddlers, but also another grown goddamn person. And I did some self-care, and I got myself a fucking therapist. But fuck, all she does is tell me how I need to find time away <laughs> to be able to do self-care. And I'm like, do you understand? My self-care is you. <laughs> My self-care is actually doing this. My self-care is doing therapy for 30 minutes every other week. This is my self-care. I can't, I can't do other self-care. I just want one person who's not a laughing 10-month-old to fucking just help. Just help. I just want one damn person who can actually walk. And verbalize. <laughs> I just, I just, God damn it! This is very, very profanity laced, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm so tired of having to manage an adult's emotions and two small children's emotions, and I never have time for my own emotions, and it sucks real. Thank you so much for having this on, <laughs> because 
I needed it. I love the show. Have a good night. I'll continue to just manage emotions. (laughs) Okay. First of all, you're doing an amazing job. You you were doing just a remarkable job. Yeah. What do we call it? Like a sponge. It's like we're sponges for all the emotions of the people in our house. And what sucks is that, I mean, obviously, it's really hard for kids to navigate that. I mean, they're, they're going to vomit emotions all over you all the time. And they're going to demand that you be their emotional regulator. And that's really hard. And every kid is different. And like their emotional needs are different. And that's a lot to be having to think about and juggle. And when you're absorbing them, when you're the sponge, like that's taking away energy. Or you can think of it as putting another like brick on your back, right? And you don't really realize how heavy it's getting until until it's too late, till you've run out of room or you can't move. And then it can be very easy for the other adults in our household without intentional, without doing it intentionally to, <laughs> to contribute to that. I, you know, like before kids, for a lot of us, we were able to be the, you know, emotional balance for our partners. And then when kids come, it's just like all the other conversations we don't have because we don't think to have them. We don't talk about rebalancing that emotional shift with our partner. When we don't do that, we wind up in the situation where one of us is, is just carrying more emotional weight than the other. And again, I don't think in most cases it's intentional. It's just residual. <laughs> it's residual from the time before. And you're doing so amazing going to therapy. And I know that right now the finding the time for yourself is not helpful. And it's your therapy. You're welcome to say, can we not do that? Because that's not helpful right now. I need help setting boundaries or learning how to set emotional boundaries or learning how to better communicate with the people in my house who can communicate how to set these boundaries or what I need versus taking time. Because taking time as a I am so far in this game. And taking time is still a joke when there are kids in your house. If you are the one who is getting interrupted the most, then taking time short of getting a car, going out for milk, and not coming back for three days you're not going to find it very easily. So you're doing a good job not discrediting that the therapy is important. Also, I just want to say that I see you. You're doing a remarkable job and it's not easy and everything that you are feeling is 100% correct that you are right and it sucks and I am sorry. And you are doing an amazing job. All right, everybody. Oh, I love speaking to people like Eve because it reminds me that I just love speaking to people. What an amazing experience. And it it's such a reminder that there are parts of our lives that are not within our control. 
like when we are children. Uh, it makes me think about the decisions we make that we think are the best that we can make at the time. And that it sucks that they may not match up with what our kids wished we had decided or what we wished our parents had decided. I mean, that that's nothing new, right? That is a real thing that sits with us. And it's hard not to let those sorts of situations drive us nuts or make us want to beat ourselves up or beat somebody else up. But I think humor and grace and patience, which I just saw Eve demonstrate so well, will help us as we all navigate these these new discoveries or our own choices that we make. Basically, don't feel like shit. <laughs> That's all I've tried to say. You got enough going on. Don't feel like shit. You're doing an amazing job. You really, really are. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.